0: Up fantasy fam. It is Monday, March 12th. We are now two and a half weeks from the start of the Major League Baseball season. It's pretty incredible seeing that the Super Bowl, you know, and the NFL season have gone, you know, come and went the last few uh, weeks. And now we are in you know in the heat of spring training at the moment. We're seeing some of our star players play more time. We're seeing who's ready for the season, who's not. Uh, but the fact that it's two and a half weeks—you have two and a half weeks till the season starts. So now your draft prep is in full gear. Um, most exciting time of the season, without a doubt.
1: I can't wait. I'm excited.
0: All right, yeah, it's the, the whole draft process for anything, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, it's the most exciting part is the draft prep. It's the, you know the month or two leading up to it. It's the you know, planning out who you want to draft, the strategy you want to take on, you know what your team is going to look like, and then once you, the season starts, it kind of you know falls into place or you fall apart. So it's, it's the draft prep that really is the most important part um, of the season. But then another piece of advice that we'll talk about you know, later on is the fact that you know as much as the draft prep is important and drafting an ideal team is important, the dra- it never ends at the draft. Your success does not end with the draft. Oh, hell I can, no. I can tell you as a person last year who drafted an abysmal team, I looked awful from the start, and I almost made the playoffs. So that's the thing, is I, I found a way to, you know, put a good free agency and a good waiver wire together for myself during the season pick up great players and that's how you can turn your season around but we'll get to that in later episodes uh, today we are going to focus on regressions and bounce backs an awesome topic it kind of goes along you know a little bit together with our past our last episode which was busts and steals it's it's similar in some ways not in others because we're kind of taking a look back at 2017. Uh, and we're going to look forward to 2018 to see if any of those players who had really good seasons or really bad seasons will continue that or will alter it.
1: And it, and it throws a little value in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it does. Because a lot of yeah, these gonna, guys we're going to talk about have fantastic value based right. on their statistics. Right. Well, that's the thing years. we're going to
0: talk about too: is why do they have fantastic value? Is there a reason? Exactly. And that could be because they're you know they're they're bouncing back, or because we're they, we think they're falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we maybe a guy who had a great year last year. We're not sure what they're going to do this year, so their value is kind of stagnant at the moment. So we'll get into a lot of players. We're going to talk about a, a ton of players who had great 2017s. What we think of their 2018s, and then a lot of guys who had very poor 2017s, whether it was because of injury or p- bad play, and well, whether they'll continue that or they'll be able to kind of bounce back from it. First, we'll start with some you know some quick news, some notes from what's going on in Major League Baseball. We finally have some signings going on. I mean, it, the JD Martinez one took a little while, but now here we are with three, three or four pretty decent signings, whether it's for the team itself or for fantasy baseball, um, some, some important ones. The most important one without a doubt is the Jake Arrieta one. Jake Arrieta signing a pretty lucrative deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Three years, 75 million. That,
1: that is a lot. That is a lot of cashola. Ugh. For somebody We're, that's had an awful 2017. He, yeah, was dre- I don't, he was dreadful last year. Considering what he can do, like what he put up the year before, like Cy Young year, you know what I mean? I don't I – mean, he didn't win. I don't think he won, right? But still, he was still like – he had an ERA below, you know, like low twos. He could win a crap ton of games, good strikeouts. Last year, he just – he was all over the place. Yeah, we'll talk about it. He wasn't him. there, you know. It's just – yeah.
0: We'll, eh. we'll talk about him as a poor as a poor performer in 2017. Right now, he his value is a is a little bit too rich for my blood, but that's someone we'll talk about. Uh, but him signing with the Phillies is big for their rotation. Oh, definitely. Uh, as, you know, Aaron Nola, I'm a I'm a big fan of Nola and Ikoff and Vince Velasquez, but he he gives them a you know a, a stable for the most part number one pitcher in that lineup. So that's it's an important note for them because they are a, a young growing team where they might not put up the same type of runs as Chicago Cubs. So he might be a little bit more struggling with that capacity. Uh, Another signing a one-year deal. This time was Lance Lynn to the twins. I think this is huge for the twins. I I love it. I was thinking, you know, potentially you Darvish to the twins back in uh, a few months back, but I think the Lance Lynn one finally signs a deal now that it's March. You know, I think he signed what two or three days ago, March 9th or 10th, finally signs a deal with the Minnesota twins who badly needed some, some help Mm -hmm. at the top of their rotation after urban Santana went down. So him or Garizzi, I mean, I think they're going to – and Jose Barrios, they're going to have a pretty decent 1-2-3 punch. Should be there. good. They should yeah. be good again this year, I think. Right. It's, right. it's an offense that puts up some runs. So I think if they can put up some runs for him, I think Lance Lynn is a 14-win pitcher.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely with the Twins. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, his value right now is pretty pretty nice, too. You're getting him at
1: 229. Which is I ridiculous.
0: Mean, yeah. that <laughs> That's pretty incredible, if you ask me. Yeah. So – that's another guy who we're not going to talk about in this in this show, but he is worth mentioning going forward as a guy who is some pretty sweet value late in your draft. Another guy who actually resigned with his team finally, which we we saw him potentially going to an AL team as a DH uh, like Baltimore for example, but instead he resigned with the Rockies, making this even more confusing. And that is Carlos Gonzalez resigning with the Rockies. It, uh, I, I don't
1: even know it's, how to touch this one. It's ah, uh, it's odd. I it's, I don't I don't uh, they have a lot they have a lot of young, talented outfielders right now, and like you said, he probably should be on an American league team playing D H because he can not I mean the guy can hit. He's a very good hitter, but he's way too injury prone. But you always need depth. I just don't know how I feel about him playing back for the Rockies with every single guy they have you got i mean you got david Dahl. this guy T- tapia is coming up uh there's just so much in the outfield right why did they have to spend a little bit more on cargo when they probably you know i i, I don't know i just it's just odd yeah he hasn't been healthy really was, recently either yeah. and i
0: just i just don't understand it because you know you said you have, they have tapia coming up going up and coming they have ryan mcmahon at first base so that's out you have ian desmond potentially at first base that's out you know exactly. you have Dahl, you have David Dahl, you have you have a plethora and it's not a problem for the Rockies, it's a great mm-hmm. problem to have. But for fantasy owners, now you start to see some of their other potential outfielders or, you know, whether it's first base or, you know, when they play in the ALDH, it's it, it kind of poses a little bit of a problem for fantasy owners. So, the Cargo one is an interesting one for me, but we'll see how, you know, we'll see how that one plays out later on in spring training into the season. Um, The last thing, piece of news, we'll talk about is something I was deathly afraid of. And whether it's just spring training blues, we don't know. But I was definitely afraid that Shohei Otani was going to struggle from the onset. Um, I love him in the long run, whether it's dynasty or keeper or whatever. But um, as a as a player, especially as a hitter. Yeah. I think he has struggled pretty mightily.
1: It's, he's adjusting, you know. Yeah. Like Japan, yes, they do pitch and play very well over there, but major league pitching is completely different. Like as a pitcher, I think he's going to succeed. I think he'll do. I think he'll do better as a pitcher than he will as a hitter.
0: Oh, I agree completely. I, I think, think he, he can
1: adjust yeah. him better to the to the hitters that he's facing, and more so than the actual pitchers that are because you've got. I mean, the best players in the world. That he's facing. Best pitchers in the world that he's facing. And he's what? What are his stats? He's two for 18 with six strikeouts. Six strikeouts this spring. He went over four again today.
0: But the thing is, his pitching-wise, he's looked pretty good. I mean, I think he's looked, you know, he he, potentially, he really was signed as a pitcher. He was not signed as a hitter.
1: Exactly. And I think
0: it's it's great that he can hit and they have that ability to use him in a hitting Mm -hmm. capacity. But he's a pitcher. He's got some filthy pitches. Exactly. I just, I, I see this more, give it a year, two, three years, and I think he's just going to be a starting pitcher for the Angels. I don't think he'll be hitting at all. Mm. So, it's worthwhile noting because right now, if you are in a league where you have to draft him as the player he is, not separated between pitcher and hitter, um, he is going in like the sixth round. Which is way too rich. I mean, unbelievably rich for my blood.
1: Definitely. I mean, he's going.
0: He's going before players that uh, Gene Segura, Xander Bogarts, Robinson Cano. I mean, (laughs) Yoenis Espedes. It could. It
1: could pay off, but there's way too many question marks. But he's even going before
0: pitchers that I like better. He's going before Daniel Murphy. He's going before you know. uh, I just the list goes on. A lot of guys I just like more than him. So it was almost.
1: It was almost like last year. Like with, like football, you know, with like McCaffrey and Fournette, you know, these guys are going in the second round. You don't know. I mean, yes, it did pay off, but I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Right. No, I agree. You know? So
0: our main topic tonight that we're going to discuss, we're going to go through some big players who regressed in 2017. Will they continue to, you know, regress even more in 2018? Will they bounce back? And then we'll talk about some guys who, you know, who had great 2017s, some guys who, you know we they far exceeded expectations or they you know they they were what we thought they would be will they continue that this year or will they falter and you know regress a little bit so we'll start with that category actually we're going to start with guys who had great 2017s and the first one we'll start with is Justin uh, is Justin Smoke so Justin Smoke's an interesting one because he put up 38 home runs this past year when his high ever since break coming into the league in 2010 was 20 home runs most at bats he's had in his career too, and he's doing it in a hit, you know, in a, in a good park for a lefty. Exactly, in a good park, right. yeah. But th- that being said, though, it, it's it's an outlier year. I think without a doubt, he's an outlier year. He is going right now in the 12th round, which is not too rich for my blood. But the thing is, is I've, I'd rather I think there's better options there. So for me, he definitely is more of a regress candidate. 38 home runs and 90 RBIs is not who he is. It's a faltering offense. It's more of a young offense. And it's not a very great offense in Toronto, so I think he is definitely poised to regress, and that twelfth round should be more like fourteenth or fifteenth round.
1: Yeah. Uh, Next person we will talk about. um, Not not really a young guy, but I mean somewhat. um, Plays for the L.A. Dodgers, uh, Chris Taylor. Right? You're probably like, who the hell is Chris Taylor? Right? Um, This guy, he right now he's going in the seventh round. Um, I think that. I think that's a little too high for me. Um, I'll just give you his stats. He played the most games ever last year. 140 games he played. 514 at-bats. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, he had 21 home runs, 72 RBIs, but he did strike out 142 times. a 288. That's pretty solid. Now, this guy I definitely think is going to take a step forward. Reason being is because, one, he's on the Dodgers. I mean, they made it to the series last year. But, I mean, he's, he's got a good team around him you know now he's chances are he's if he's healthy you know he stay plays the entire season there's no reason why he can't even hit close to 30 home runs maybe a little over 80 rbis and still bat around 288 i mean i think the average could go up or down a little bit but i don't think it's i don't think we're gonna see like you know an all-star out of this guy but i definitely think he takes a step forward yeah.
0: I, I mean, once again, a little rich for my blood, but I do like Chris Taylor a lot Exactly. A Seventh round. Yeah. It, too, I like the stolen high. bases, too. He can get you.
1: Yeah. We well, so. got 17. Yeah, he did 17 yeah. stolen bases, too. Uh, another interesting one for me uh, is
0: Travis Shaw. Ooh, love Mason Travis. Tra- tra- Travis Shaw had a very good year last year. Played 144 games, put up 31 home runs and 101 RBIs. <sighs> Um, The strikeout totals for a guy who's that power hitter, really, 138 strikeouts is not great, but it's not the worst. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, Right now, he's going in the mid-seventh to early-eighth round, and I think not only is he going to uh, have an not bounce back, but you know that's the thing. Is unfortunately because we're saying regress and bounce back, it's like oh he's gonna. I think he's gonna bounce forward. Exactly, right? exactly. Like that's he's gonna bounce forward even more. He's on a team now that has added so many pieces. He's gonna have so many opportunities to drive guys in to score some runs. He's gonna hit his home his thirty home runs. I think I, I have in that category about twenty eight to thirty two home runs. He's gonna get you his one hundred RBIs. I, I think he's going to exceed those stats from last year to a point where. I, I, He's going to be a surprise pick this year. And if I get him in the eighth round as my first baseman, sign me up. So for me, he's not a bounce back or a regress. He's a bounce forward.
1: Yeah. And he plays and he plays a lot of positions too, which is right. awesome. His eligibility first baseman, first baseman is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next guy, Andrelton Simmons. Another guy out of L.A., uh, but plays for the Halos. Uh, that's the Angels, you know, for anybody that – doesn't, Halo doesn't doesn't know that <laughs> little Phil Dunphy reference there. So, Halo, <laughs> oh, I love it. What instrument did Yo-Yo Ma play? Cello. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, oh, so he God. played he played 158 games last year. Uh, most he's played in his entire career. 589 at bats. Um, 14. You're not going to get you're not going to get a lot of home runs out of this guy. Maybe 14, 17. He hit like three years ago. Um, he's going right now in the middle of the 17th 18th round now based off of that he's he's a career 264 batter um, the guy doesn't strike out um, he had 67 strikeouts last year that's that's incredible you can't you really can't ask for much more off of that um, I think where he's going right now I think he has great value in the 17th and 18th round so I think he's someone that, probably will stay the same maybe a little bit better just because they added otani who could you know help with the bat and whatnot hopefully trout is healthy so i think he's gonna somewhat stay the same maybe get a tiny bit better
0: he's he's a big guy for especially in a category such as stolen bases you know, if you, if you want to get him in that, you know, those later rounds to be able to get Simmons, who can get you a good average, maybe hit you 15 home runs. But the thing is, is his 20 stolen bases is a big help. So I'm, I'm a big fan of his as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, it's a, the next one is a is a tandem now. Unfortunately for me as a Met fan, um, it's the tandem of Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Um, both guys who had fantastic years, both nominated for MVP in their you know respective yeah. Uh, leagues now they play in the same league, which is just fantastic for everyone. Um, they had amazing years between the two of them. They put up over 100 home runs, so there's that. Um, was it 100? 100, almost 110 home runs, I think, between them. It's unbelievable. S- something something like that, yeah. yeah. So will they will they be able to continue that, or will they regress? And I, I let's take them one at the a time. But I'm going to start with John Carlos Stanton, and I think the I think the interesting thing is, is now he's moving to Yankee Stadium where it's a much better hitter-friendly park. However, last year he played in 159 games. He hadn't played in 150 or more games since 2011. He is a very injury-prone player. So yes. So the thing is you can't plan for an injury, but the thing is, is he's used to those injuries. 2016, 119 games. 2015, 74 games. 2013, 116 games. The guy misses time. So to, to draft him at the number, what, number nine position at the moment is... Probably even higher in some leagues. Yeah, in some leagues you're looking at between number six pick and number nine pick. That's that's a very steep price for a guy who, granted, he could hit you 55 to 60 home runs in 125 RBIs, but he also has the capability to miss games. So for me, he's a regress player, just based on the fact of his injury proneness um, and a new 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 face, in a, I mean, a same face in a new place. So for me, he's a little bit more of a regress. Not much, but enough. Aaron Judge is kind of similar in that way, because mm-hmm. Aaron Judge, we just saw a very incredible season from a, a rookie. I mean, we haven't seen that type of season from a rookie since each row. Yeah. Okay. 52 home runs, 114 RBIs, and 100, 128 runs scored is what kills it for me. I mean, that's incredible. He actually got on base, too. Like, he wasn't... Yeah. I mean, yeah, and he's going right now in the middle of the second, which is, to me, a pretty good value. Yeah. That being said, I think what last year we saw with him, I think, is his floor. I mean, it's is. I mean, it's his, his ceiling, not his floor. I think it's his ceiling. Really, I, mean, his, I do personally. I think Judge is a very good player, but I think that's his ceiling. Uh, and the fact that he he isn't coming into the season this year as healthy as he should be with that snagging sh- shoulder injury, uh, the two hundred eight strikeouts kills him as well. So. I'm, once again, another regress-type player. I don't see either of them regressing exponentially. I don't see them having unbelievably poor seasons. But we saw what Judge is capable of in the middle of the season. In the middle of the season, he struck out more than he did anything. I mean, he he was like oh for whatever he was. It was unbelievable. He had a strikeout out a game. So I think that's the type of player he could potentially be for more of the year. And while I still think he'll get his home runs and RBIs, I also think he's capable of putting up zero oh fours you know he's going to put up a few offers in a row and that's what i'm scared most of
1: yeah but it's also it's also determining where they're going to put these guys in the lineup
0: too oh, yeah they'll be three four
1: you know because it's, so like, it's like still- oh hey let's walk judge oh wait but giancarlo's up next You know what I mean? So it's like from Yankees
0: camp, I heard some stories coming out of Yankees camp that they really want to have both of them bat in the same in the first inning. They think the first inning is when the pitcher is most susceptible to giving up runs,
1: so they want to be able to
0: bat Judge two, Giancarlo Stanton three, maybe Greg Bird fourth,
1: or Sanchez,
0: or Sanchez fourth, or Didi. Wow, (laughs) it's an awesome problem to have. It is. They have a great yeah. They they're gonna have a great team going into this year, so that could help them. uh, The fact that there's gonna be a lot of runs and RBIs, exactly.
1: Uh, a dude that I really, really – I'm a big fan of him, and I am very upset I did not get him last year. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals, Paul DeJong. Uh-huh. Young guy, played first year last year. He played 108 games. I, I don't think he he got brought up, right, like later on in the season. 108 games this guy played. He had 119 hits. 25 home runs, 65 RBIs. He did strike out 124 times, so his strikeout numbers are a little alarming. But he yeah. batted, but he batted .285. That's pretty good is, for a guy who strikes out that much. Exactly, which is incredible. But, but look, he had 119 hits. You know what I mean? For only playing 108 games, like that, that's incredible. So he had a lot of multi-hit games. Um, this guy, he's healthy. He plays the entire season. He hands down is one of the top shortstops he is a big big target of mine personally and i know that you like him too actually so hopefully you don't steal him from me i do i do like him but um, he's going right now in the middle of the 12th round that's incredible that's in- i think that's very good value for yeah. for that position because you got like francisco lindor who's going to be drafted you know what i mean second round like third round i mean you have a lot of shortstops that are going to be drafted before him and to see what he did last year and not even a full season you add another 50 games to that the guy could hit over 30 home runs and probably 90 rbis and bat around 280 like it's his strikeouts he everything else is good for him so that the strikeouts won't hurt you as bad he's not a chris davis (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think he's capable of that either, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be more comfortable with him as my corner. In, I mean, my middle infield position,
1: Ch- depending on who else you have, than sh- I guess.
0: Then shortstop, I think I'd have feel more trustworthy having a shortstop ahead of him. And that you know, eight, you know, seventh to tenth round, uh, I'd feel more comfortable drafting someone there and then grabbing him in the twelfth round as my middle infield guy. Yeah, personally. So last last guy who had a great twenty seventeen, who not really sure what they're going to do in twenty eighteen. Will they have a more regress type season or will they stay the same? Will they can you know continue to rise? And that's Nick Castellanos. Mm. It's a guy who had a fantastic year. Awesome he put year. up yeah he put up career numbers in just about every category. Twenty six home runs, one hundred and one RBIs. You know, the batting average is the only thing that was a little bit less than usual. He batted 272, but he's doing it for a pretty piss-poor uh, Detroit Tigers team. They are god-awful, and they will continue to be god-awful for the next few years while they continue to build that team back up. Um, but what's crazy from him is the fact that he put up 10 triples. That's the thing that stuck out to me the most. That's ridiculous. A big, a big guy such as himself, putting a 210-pound guy with 10 triples. Um, is he a candidate for Regression? Or is he a candidate for potentially building off that year? Uh, he's coming into his prime. He's 26 years old. You know, uh, I'm actually going to stay stagnant with him. Uh, I think that he has the capabilities of putting up a similar type year. He's going in the uh, about the eighth, ninth round right now.
1: Not Which awful.
0: is a little high for me, yep. especially when I can get certain players potentially later on that are like an Adrian Beltre at third base who has just as much value. But the thing is, Castellanos, I think, has a higher ceiling at this point. True, true. So, but I think he's going to stay pretty stagnant at that number, and I'm fine with that. I don't think he's going to regress, and I don't think he's going to spring forward more. I think he's going to pretty much stay around that time. You know, if he can get me 25 home runs and 90 RBIs for a team that's going to lose 90 plus games, I'd be pretty happy. Sure, I mean the runs aren't right? the runs aren't, <laughs> aren't going to be there. It's just the truth. The runs will not be there. I mean, it's wasn't he playing last year with J.D. Martinez for half the season?
1: Uh, that he was, and Miguel Cabrera was kind of, right. you know, not his yeah. yeah, normal self.
0: So. Right, but, it's still, but without, especially without J.D. Martinez, you have Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez. I just don't see where the run is gonna, runs are going to come from.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Where, where the RBIs are going to be able to drive him in. So for me, I'm going to stay stagnant on him. I'm going to say, you know, 25-plus home runs, maybe looking at 85 to 90 RBIs, and I'd be happy. 275 average. So I'm gonna say stagnant on him. Him, I don't have. I don't have him changing a bit.
1: Yeah, I like
0: it. So our poor slash injured 2017 players, guys who we drafted high or we drafted with hope. We you know th- thought they'd have a very good year and they just disappointed because of injury. They disappointed because of just pure bad play. Because they just stink. Matt Harvey a few years ago, for example. Ooh, the dark. The Dark Knight
1: of Queens, huh? <laughs> yeah, drafted
0: him sixth round or better, and he turned into more of the Joker than anything. Yeah.
1: So. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on this one, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna start us off with um, who I've mentioned in previous episodes of some guy that I.
0: Do you like him? Do I, you like him I, or do you I,
1: him? I loathe him right now, but <laughs> based on where he's being drafted, I think it is awesome. I think it's very good value. Uh, and that is Jonathan Villar, or VR, however you want to pronounce yeah. it. And he, two, a couple years ago, and I mean, you even said it too, his ceiling, 19 home runs, 63 RBIs, but he did 62 stolen bases. Mind you, he struck out 174 times. That was This was 2016 I'm talking about. So last year, he only played 122 games. He was hurt he 23 stolen bases he batted 241 he was he was even fighting for a starting position at one point like they didn't even know if he was actually going to even play second base for them which is kind of it's kind of like upsetting so i i think i don't think he could get any worse i mean it's possible but if he plays a full season and he's healthy there's no reason why he shouldn't bounce back especially in that lineup now the fact that they added Yelich and uh what is it Lorenzo Cain so the fact that they added those two guys if the can be the leadoff man which he could be a great leadoff man if he could just get on base that he that, then that, that would be fantastic he doesn't even have to steal any bases because he's got a good lineup after him you know he could get his run total up he only had 49 runs last year the year before, yeah. ninety-two. Yeah, the interesting thing about him is going to be where they bat him. Exactly. Um, if they
0: have the faith in him to, you know, to put him at the number one or number two spot, if you know, for example, they don't want to bat Lorenzo Kane there or Christian Yelich there, so it's 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 a good problem to have for the Brewers, but it's a bad problem to have for Velar, just in case you know he he struggles. So, but you you see him more as a bounce back, or do you see him more as continuing their great? I
1: guess teams? I guess a little bit of a. Of, I, I, I say a little bit of a bounce back
0: for Yeah, him. just based on the EDP, I would think. Exactly,
1: alone. exactly, definitely. Yeah. Like, if he falls to me in the 15th round and I already have my two middle infielders and I, you know, there's no one else really out there, I may take a shot at him just right. based on where he is, depending on, you know.
0: New face, I mean, I keep saying this wrong, same face in a new place. Oh. <laughs> God almighty, those words are impossible to get around. Oh, All Lord. Right. We talked about him earlier, just signed his lucrative deal with the Philadelphia Phillies and that is Jake Arrieta. A pretty pretty miserable 2017 campaign for a guy we had a lot of faith in, a guy who went in the second third round last year in most drafts. Uh, I like this. I like the the landing spot for him based solely on the fact that he becomes an ace again. Um, he becomes the number 1 again for a team, but, but will he continue to falter or will he revamp his career in Philly I just don't see the the offense there for him I think he'd have to pitch picture perfect to have any shot, I mean we see Aaron Nola do it year, the last year or so you know, a guy who puts up a great game and still gets the loss 2-1. to one.
1: Exactly. And that's just sucks. You know, I, sucks. I,
0: see that, I see that with Arrieta here. Even if he has a great year, I don't see him totaling more than 13, 14 wins. You know, he's not going to have those lucky streaks like R.A. Dickey did for the Mets a few years back where it was a terrible team, but yet he still put up 20-plus wins. I exactly. just don't see that. With yeah. I don't. I don't see that with Arrieta. I see him as a 13-win guy on a team that doesn't score a ton of runs. I mean, he could he could match his totals for strikeouts. Maybe I see him maybe at that 180 to 195 strikeout total, but the wins aren't going to be there. So I mean, last year he put up 14 and t- 14 and 10. So I think maybe that stays the same. I think the win loss could probably stay the same, about 13 and 10, 14 and 10. Uh, but I do see his innings increasing, and I do see his strikeouts increasing, and his earned runs will probably stay the same as well. So for me, he's more of a steady guy here. At his he's going in the eighth round, so he's your start. And from some teams, he's going to be your number two pitcher. Um, I'd be okay with that, honestly. I think he's a little bit of a, of a, of a bounce-back player here. I don't think he's going to continue to regress. If anything, he's going to stay the same as 2017, or he's going to actually you know, bounce back a little bit um, to 2016 form.
1: Hmm. Uh, a guy, uh, you know, uh, let's continue on the Mets, you know. Uh, this right. We're talking about the Mets. Probably one of the best arms in the game. Right now, and I I want to see this guy succeed because I I love watching him play because it's very exciting. And obviously, you're a Mets fan and you love watching it as well. But when this guy's healthy and he he is an unreal. It's like it, he's got like a Vlad Guerrero type arm. I mean, that one freaking throw. What was it when he was on the Red Sox? Yeah, yeah. Where it didn't Fox even throw. touch the ground from left yeah. field to the catcher. Yeah, and that's right. You guessed it. Jonas Cespedes or Cespedes, however you want it, whatever. You, Yo. You got me. Just call him Yo. <laughs> Yoses. So Yoses, the injury bug hit him pretty hard last year. He only played 81 games. 17 home runs, 42 RBIs, but he's still bad at 292. This guy doesn't and he doesn't really strike out that much. 61 strikeouts and eighty in a two hundred and uh, ninety one at bats, it's not awful. This guy could easily be, in my opinion, one of the, I would say, top 15 outfielders, maybe even potential top 10 outfielder. That's how good this guy is. I mean, we've seen him hit 35 home runs in a season, 31, over 100 RBIs before. So I definitely think he's going to take a step forward this year. You know, obviously saying that he's not going to get hurt. If he does not get hurt, Hands down, he could be a top top outfielder this year, and he's going in the middle of the seventh round, which which for where I think he will end up in the end of the season is actually good value. That's I mean for someone like me, I don't know if I will draft him there because I don't like the Mets, <laughs> but no, I would I would draft Mets if he was on the Red Sox, then I wouldn't I wouldn't touch him. Oh my God, you guys are nuts! I uh, I, I would draft thirteen Nationals if
0: it mean me meant me winning. I don't really. I care. still win,
1: and I don't draft Giants, and I don't draft Red Sox, but oh, I still I win. I can't
0: deal with you guys. <laughs> I really can. I can't deal with you guys. So another another person I'll talk about that was I stick to recently, my story. <laughs> recently signed, finally, is Jonathan Lucroy. It's he just he depresses me to talk about. Honestly, He's I don't even an know. I don't even player. Know I don't know why we picked him here, honestly, because I really don't even want to talk about this. I feel sick talking about it. He had his career year in 2016. I mean, he put up 24 home runs, 81 RBIs, batted 292, and that was coming from a year before that where he had, you know, 300 average, 13 home runs. This, you know, this, the guy had two years, decent years back to back, where he looked like he might be, you know, emerging, uh, or two out of three years where he would look like he was emerging into a, a star catcher, which there aren't many of in baseball. There's two, literally two. So he looked like he would be emerging into that. He gets traded to the, the Rangers. We think he's going to have a great year in 2017. And he gets four home runs, 27 RBIs for the Texas Rangers, and had two home runs and 13 RBIs for the Rockies while he was still there.
1: In a hitter-friendly park.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he so, can't even do it. Oh, my God.
0: So Luke Roy, are we, are we looking at him as is – his, is, his, is his ceiling – uh, tw- you know, to 24 home runs he put up in 2016 or is his, you know, sealing the 13 home runs he put up two years before that. And I think he, it's that I think that, you know, he, he signs with the, with the Oakland athletics, a ballpark that is not very good for hitters, an offense that is not very good for driving and runs for scoring runs. I just, I just don't see this as a good idea. I mean, Luke Roy is going to see a lot of time behind the plate because they really don't have a good situation there at catcher. But to get him in the 18th round, yeah, it sounds wonderful, great. I love picking my catcher in those last five rounds, so I'd be thrilled with that. But the truth is, is I don't, I wouldn't feel good about that pick at all because his ceiling is not 25 home runs. His ceiling is 13 or 14 home runs. That was an outlier year. You know, his, MV, his MVP type season was an outlier year, and I don't see that ever coming to again. Yeah. So for me, I, I continue to see him regressing. Honestly, he is a regression player year in and year out until he's basically just a backup retired, catcher.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty
0: much. So unfortunately, you know, it's unfortunate to say, but it's true. I just I don't see Luke Roy's, um abilities there as a top five ten catcher.
1: Yeah. So here's somebody that I I mean, I guess I'll talk about him just because of his straight up value. He does play for the enemy as a yeah man, the Red Sox. Yeah. Rick Porcello. Now, if he was on any other team, I would, I definitely would draft him. All over him. Oh, I mean, you have feel like top. you have to be, even if you're not. You know what I mean? Like, even if you are a Yankees fan and you do draft Red Sox, like you, you gotta be all over this guy. My, he he pitches. He doesn't. He barely misses games. The guy's gonna get over two. I mean, he he pitched over 200 innings last year. Um, his ERA was not good at all. Four six five. Uh, This guy, he doesn't, he's not going to give you a good ERA, but what's good about him is he gives you a lot of innings, and his strikeouts aren't, I mean, he's not a strikeout guy, but 181 strikeouts and 203 innings last year, I think that's pretty good. I think that's not a terrible ratio. He's not, you know, he's not going out there to strike people out, obviously, that's his goal, but playing for the Red Sox, who actually have a good lineup behind him. There's no reason why he shouldn't bounce back from his Cy Young year before, from the year before. And he's going right now, get this, in the 19th round. That's just silly. That, like, it's just, it's, it's absurd because he, by the end of the season, he could end up being like your number, your number two, two or three pitcher. Yeah.
0: Like just, and you're drafting him as your number
1: five. Exactly. Like, in, on the 19th round, like, come on. Based on value alone, you got you got to draft this guy. Even if he has a year like last year, it's not terrible. It wasn't awful. There's Trust me, there's a lot worse guys out there. Yeah, so. I know.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rick Purcell, honestly. I think that there's a chance that he actually takes a step forward and he bounces back to a, a decent form. Not I'm not saying 2016 form, but I think he bounces back to a pretty good form, and I think Drew Pomerantz actually takes a step back after his good year last year. Ooh. So, yeah. So. Uh, so my last guy that I'll talk about is someone that... I'm not even sure another guy that I just don't even like talking about but the signs kind of point to him having a decent year this year and that's Kyle Schwarber Hmm. Kyle Schwarber is an enigma if there's ever been one
1: he's a big boy Uh,
0: well, that's the thing, though. Well, he he's was. not anymore. <laughs> he's he's been he has been in the process of dropping a ton of weight. Okay, he's never going to learn how to field, so let's just get that done with. He's never going to learn how to be any type of fielder. Should, that's going to kill He him should, him should be in the, in the
1: American <laughs> League. He belongs as a DH in the
0: American League. That is exactly what his position should be. He could be he a big pop Yeah, he should be a DH <laughs> in the American League. Okay, but Schwarber had thirty home runs last year, which is awesome. Thirty home runs is always going to be awesome. How many games did he play? Fifty-nine RBIs is the problem for me. <laughs> how many games did I, he play he played in 129 games had 422 at bats so he, he didn't get i mean i would have been happier with 460 at bats at least but well, he you was know, hurt, he's hurt a little bit out, right wasn't he yeah he was Yeah. and the problem is he's trying to fight fight for playing time you have a lot of players in the cubs who have the ability to play the outfield who have the ability to play first besides rizzo obviously but you have the ability you know guys who and he's who not going to have- play catcher He's not gonna like head like, to Contreras Exactly. Yeah. So, right, so his only time of playing is either when Rizzo's off and plays first, or he's playing left field where he doesn't belong. Exactly. But that being said though, I think he I think he's moving towards being a pretty decent hitter at the next level. Yeah, he's never gonna bat you two ninety. Okay? He's barely gonna bat you two fifty. I think he's at best a two fifty hitter, and that's why I have him bouncing back this year. I think he's going to hit you that two forty five to two fifty five. Okay. I think he's going to get you that 25 to 35 home runs. I have him more in that 30 category yet again. Um, the RBIs need to improve as well. I mean, I could see the RBIs going at that 65 to 70 range, which would be pretty awesome. But you can get him now in the 15th round. I mean, the 15th round is a utility kind of guy as your fifth outfielder. I mean, it's to me, that's got some value to it, because especially in a league where you need home runs to back that up, if you you know didn't get home runs early on, you, you focused on stolen bases and average and hits, and you didn't focus on home runs, he's a guy who can get you 35 home runs if he really had a good season. So in that 15th round, I'd be perfectly fine with a guy who can get me 35 home runs. And I think he bounces back. I think he takes a step forward.
1: He's not catcher eligible anymore, is he, though? No, he's not. He's outfield only. Which, I mean, if he was catcher eligible, holy crap, you draft him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> there's no doubt. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: unfortunately not catcher eligibility. Yeah.
1: He has, he has none. So, sure. so to, to end our, you know, bounce back, possible bounce back, uh, you know, 2018 players, um, and this guy, he's an interesting one because he's, I mean, he, he's an incredible pitcher, but last year was, it was not good at all for especially where he was drafted. Johnny Cueto. Of the San Francisco Giants. Now yeah. he, I mean, he pitched twenty five games, which is a little low for him, considering he can pitch like over th- he could he could play over thirty games 30, 32, thirty two, thirty three. Exactly, kind of guy, yeah. like he could definitely do that. He could pitch well over two hundred innings easily, but he had a four point five two ERA last year. That is yeah, that is not good for someone. Year yeah, and he went eight for eight the the year before. He he had an era of two seven nine and he went 18 and five for san francisco wow. which which is ridiculous and then how do you like you you go from that to eight and eight with a four or five it's it's just kind of crazy to see um but i think we just mentioned it before i mean or we were talking you know off off the record uh they just got longoria mccutcheon you know he's got some more bats in the lineup right. that could actually give him some more run support, but not that he really needs it because if his stuff is on, like you mentioned with Nola, it, he could he could win a game two to one or lose that game two to one. You know what I mean? And like and still pitch a gem and still pitch seven eight innings. He has that potential. We didn't yeah. see we didn't see it last year, but. So I think Johnny Cueto is a bounce back, and especially he's being drafted right now in the 13th round. That's that's kind of ridiculous. The same, it's almost the same situation as Rick Porcello, where you could get such great value in the 13th round, where this guy could end up being your number two, your number three pitcher, where you already have, you know, you're drafting him to be your four or five, depending on you know who you drafted beforehand. But I I definitely see a bounce back year for Johnny Cueto this year. And well, yeah, imagine imagine
0: drafting him and Porcello back-to-back. Holy crap. I'd be thrilled. 14th and 16th round or something like that. I, I'd be. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully people get scared of Cueto, yeah.
1: and they're like, oh, no, I don't want him. I'll take him. I mean, I'd reach
0: for him. I would reach for him in the 11th or 12th round. Yeah,
1: I, I would totally. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I, just to go along, we said before about the 2-1 to thing. I mean, that was Madison Bumgarner all oh year God.
1: last year. Oh,
0: my Literally, God. Literally the last year. Uh, oh, my God. I could not get over how many times he <laughs> lost one freaking nothing.
1: He oh. lost one nothing,
0: two to one, three to two. Every freaking game was like that. I've never, seen a, pit- runs.
1: I've never seen a pitcher do something like that.
0: Like it, besides it's... his injury, where he flew up his dirt bike or ATV, whatever the hell he did, yeah. where he you know destroyed everyone's value. Idiot. The fact, the <laughs> fact that he, the fact that he had so many games of one nothing or two one, blew my mind. So funny. the additions of Longoria and McCutcheon really helped this.
1: Exactly, and hopefully Hunter Pence can actually stay healthy. Yeah.
0: Well, another guy. Which so. probably won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we covered a lot tonight. Uh, you know, players like Justin Smoke, Travis Shaw, Chris Taylor, Angelton Simmons, Paul DeJong, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Castellanos. I I mean, and we talked about some guys who had bad years last year who we think might rebound, might stay the same, might regress. Uh, Jonathan Villar, Jake Arrieta, Yohana Cespedes, I mean, Jonathan Lucroy, Rick Purcello, Kyle Schwarber, and Johnny Cueto. A ton of names out there. A ton of guys we think might stay the same, might dip even lower than they were last year or might bounce back or might have another great year who knows but these are guys that are integral parts of your draft these are guys who can go anywhere from the first round to the, to the last pick and they're going to either benefit you or they're going to bring you down so please just listen to this content and absorb it yeah. absorb as much as possible and know who is worthy of those picks and who you think really is going to is not worthy you know it sounds ter- like ridiculous to even say but it's not worthy of those picks exactly look but at stats some- too look at
1: the right. stats like a lot right. of it, like you want to believe in them. You want to believe yeah. in
0: some of these players. Like you want to believe that hey, he's going to bounce back. He just had bad year last year. Well, what if it wasn't? What if he's just completely falling apart at the seams because of injury that just lingering and won't go away, or it's because he can't, you know, find the way to pitch the way he used to pitch. Whatever it is, so or maybe last year was you know an outlier year. Who knows? So, ton of content. Please absorb it. Please use it going forward. It will not bring you down. I, pro- I it, we will not let you down. I promise you that.
1: And do do feel free. You know, reach out to us. You know. Yes. And ask us a question about a player. You know, hey, is this guy going too high, or what do you think about him? Ask us. We may not. I mean, we're not experts, but no, we'll we give are, you the best is. We'll give you the best advice that we possibly can.
0: Yeah, we. I mean, and the the next next episode, it will be the most important one for for the whole you know six episodes so far we've gone through and that is our first ever mock draft for fantasy baseball huge way to you know understand where certain players are going when we can you know stand back you know and you know wait for a player to come to us or where we have to value you know see them as a value and see them as a reach what we're going to use all of our um our episodes and what we've talked about and kind of put them all into a mock draft when when someone will be a value when someone will be a reach who we think will be a bust who we think will be a steal you know regressions bounce backs it's it's everything entwined in one mock draft and that's the most important part
1: all of our techniques and strategies yeah. will be used <laughs> please do not miss that one our
0: mock draft will be so important uh we will be we'll be using roto wizard and we'll be picking from. Oh, that's actually a secret. We have not decided which position we'll be picking
1: from. Oh, that's but right. We could do random.
0: We can, and it, it'll be beneficial to to pick from a certain position, just so listeners know. Hey, if I pick in the eleventh spot in a twelve team league, or exactly. I pick in the second do. spot, yeah. what you know, not some, Yeah, like what do we what do we think? Like who's going to be available then? And you know, or an idea. So awesome awesome episode guys thank you for tuning in please check us out at thefantasyfam.com. you can uh, follow us or subscribe on itunes Um, and we are on twitter we are at the fantasy fam post as much as possible we release episodes just about three times per week at this point so ton of content ton of information to know to get you ready for your draft so on behalf of me and my wonderful cousin this is fantasy fam signing off